We are recording. All right. Welcome to the Growing My Beard podcast. Not my beard because I can't grow a beard, but right. <laughs> I got you covered on that one. Good. Thank you. You've got enough beard power for both of us. I, I sure think. do, man. Awesome. So, what are we going to be talking about today? Transitions, man. We're talking about transitions, why they be impotent or important. You know, it's all the same, right? Yep. And um, yeah, transitions, something that not a whole lot of people might think about, but they're super important. We're going to tell you why and how it will help you to attain enlightenment. Yeah, I think this is really interesting because we get actually lots of comments, lots of questions and emails uh, with people asking us to do a flow program, to teach them yeah. how to string movements together into routines, mm. into flows, how to make things work together. But at, then at the same time, when we ask people what they're doing, how they're training, uh, what we hear from most people is that they're working on specific individual skills. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get up to 30 seconds on this, 12 reps of that. And they're focused on going to the next progression of something and getting this move and getting that move. And it's really antithetical to the whole idea of what a lot of these same people are saying that they want yeah. us to teach them. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to talk about, uh, well, first we're going to talk about what sort of what transitional movement means and why it's important. Yes. But then we're going to talk about really how you can start uh, working on it and building it and uh, working it into your stuff, hopefully without losing your gains, because we're always really worried about your gains. Uh, and just, you know, for for the people that are legitimately worried about losing their gains and think they're we're making fun of them. Thing is, you've done work. Doing more work is not going to make you weak. Right, right. Training does not make you weak. You may lose five pounds on your squat, but you know what? You can get it back. It'll, it'll come back. Don't worry about that. It'll come back. <laughs> All right. So let's talk uh, really briefly some examples of some transitional moves that maybe people don't really think of as necessarily flowy and some that they do. Uh, and sort of to you know, set the stage for what we're going to be going into here. Yeah. So if we want to actually discuss a bit about what some of our clients are working on first, we could do that. And so yeah. just to give an example with that, um, a big one would be the muscle up. And so if you're looking at the muscle up, uh, there's a few movements involved in the muscle up. You're going from below the rings to above the rings and then back below the rings. And so obviously in order to, perform that movement there is a transitional move and so we just call it the transition you know <laughs> but nobody yet has been smart yeah. enough to come up with a good name for the muscle up transition we right. all just call it's, it the transition the muscle up transition right so it's basically that point where you go from the lower part well part of me you go from the top part of a chin up into the lower part of a dip and so that's that transition period and this is where a lot of people have trouble uh, with um, you know, the way that I describe it is just putting on your t-shirt. So uh, it's one way that I like to teach it. Another example would just be um, looking at working on the transition into the handstand. So a lot of people are trying to like hold the handstand or, you know, 
whatever. It's basically just looking at the hole. And instead of that, I like to look at the transition of actually getting up into the handstand because the better you can do that with control, then it's going to allow you to actually focus on the handstand. Uh, another thing too is simply getting our clients to just slow down when they're performing locomotion. And so the transitional move is actually that in-between movement of any movement. We'll talk a little bit about this later. But but basically, if you can slow things down, and we like to tell everyone to do that. So we're always saying slow down, slow down, slow down. What this does is it brings better awareness uh, for those in-between movements. And so that is the transition. And, and, and really occurs in any movement. And we can even discuss about daily life, how in daily life we've got these transitions. And you, know, you might not even think about it, but there are just so many different things that we have, getting out of bed in the morning, um, getting out of the car. Uh, if you have you know, children when your child was a baby and you're putting them in their baby seat, you had to twist and turn and buckle them in or undo their buckle and pull them out and carry them into the house maybe when they were passed out. You know, there's just so many different things um, that we have in our life that are actual transitions. And the thing about this is if you can pay more attention to those movements and how you're doing them, it's going to help you across the board for everything. So there's a couple more other examples. Um, what else? What else we got? Like, um, well, I think the first thing is, though. All right, uh, so we're we're dads, we're fathers. Like the examples you gave so far seem pretty mundane. Probably mm -hmm. anybody south of thirty-five listening to this is like, "What the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? That is not exercise, you jackass!" Right. Right. I don't give a shit about transitions out of the fucking car seat. Yeah. Can you tell me how to be a badass? <laughs> you moron. That's what they're thinking. Oh, absolutely. All the time. And so the thing is, you know, we live in a real world. We have kids. Ryan, you shop at Costco. You betcha. I don't because I don't drive. Yeah. Well, not in Japan anyway. Uh, uh, often. Uh, you know, so you might be like 25 and think that none of this sounds challenging. And you'd be right because that's actually the point. These transitional right. movements right. Right. should not be challenging. Exactly. Doing things, you know, every day should not be difficult. That's exactly what we're training for is that they, is so they aren't difficult, right? So what you really should be asking yourself is if this is supposed to be easy, why do I move like a pregnant yak with two left feet when yeah. I'm trying to do all of this simple shit, right? <laughs> and that's a quote from Remo Williams, which is the greatest movie of all time, by the way. <laughs> but that's the thing. If you are, if you are young and strong or a little older and strong and you're thinking, well, all of these moves, they're not really exercise. They don't, they don't make me more of a man or whatever. Well, I don't know. Can you do them well? Do you look like an idiot when you do them? Like, you know, when you're like lifting something out of your trunk, do you almost drop it on yourself? <laughs> you know, this is transitional movement and this is important stuff. But, but setting that aside, there are sexier examples we could give. Definitely. There definitely are. Here's some more more athletic things, right? <laughs> do it. Just All right. It. So, in almost every sport, you have running, and you have changes of direction, right? If you're playing soccer, if you're playing basketball, you're going to run. You have to cut to a side real quick to get around somebody, get around an obstacle, uh, fake somebody out, go grab the ball, something like that. These are transitional movements, right? Uh, like to me, one of the most athletic movements you see in any sport, in my opinion 
is what happens in basketball between the time that somebody, between the time that an offensive player reaches up to grab a rebound, lands, turns around the person blocking, and jumps up to shoot again. Mm -hmm. To me, that is one of the most athletic movement combinations on the planet. Every time I see somebody that's amazingly skilled at this, I am just in awe because you can see the thousands and thousands and thousands of repetition this, of yeah. this movement that they have done to make that work. It is not just a matter of catching the ball and spinning around and shooting it. You have to have spatial awareness, awareness of where that other player is, where everyone else on the court is, the timing, the rhythms of who's jumping when, how your feet are hitting the ground, all of this stuff. And this is what we're talking about when we talk about athletic stuff. And this is all transitional stuff. These are things that you cannot necessarily drill just by having their component parts. You right. have to do this with an opponent in a live situation to really get great at it. And so when we're talking about transitional movements, uh, even if it's outside of an athletic environment, still you have to go through the transition to get good at making these individual moves work together. And you did, you brought up something that was really good there in, in terms of not just about the particular parts of the movement. There's so much else going on around that. The spatial awareness is a huge one. And, you know, even if you don't have a partner or anything going on there, when you are moving through space, you need to be aware of what's going on, what's around you and what your body's doing and having that spatial awareness. So that's a huge one right there too. Right. And I will also say, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, we talk about martial arts and partners and stuff. And one of my favorite martial arts, <laughs> mm. parkour. Uh, parkour yes. is not a martial art in the sense yes. that you're uh, defending yourself against a person, but many, many smart parkour parkourists that I've spoken to see the environment in much the same way. Yeah. You have to take the world as it comes at you and you don't necessarily yep. always know your course. Right. Uh, and so if you're practicing like locomotion movement at home or uh, any kind of other movement at home, you're, you might not have a, a human partner who's an opponent working against you, but you have an environment that you're working around when you're doing rolls on the floor and handstands and stuff mm. you need to know how far you are from the wall. You yeah. need to be able to tell what angle you're at uh, move around when you come down, like, are you going to hit the coffee table? It sounds really silly and really mundane again, but this shit is serious. This mm -hmm. is the difference between somebody who is a master of their bodies and somebody who's going to wreck the fucking living room when they try to get a workout in <laughs> or you wreck themselves. Yeah. Or so, wreck I themselves. Mean, yeah. Maybe both. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Just so much going on in there and the transition, like, I mean, even going a little further into that, you're talking about when coming out of a movement, it's also focusing on that landing. So transitioning into the landing, transitioning into, you know, not just going into another movement, but simply ending the movement. Right. Making sure that you can transition to that uh, and do it in a way that's, it's going to be good for you. So it's not going to break your toe or something like that if you're coming out of it. So, um, yeah. Another thing is that just like, you know, like I think it should be obvious by now, like we really believe that working on these transitions will improve your progress. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it will also make you stronger and make you more flexible and make you faster and make you better at all of the other things too in indirect ways. Right. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, I don't know, some of some of the things you can focus on in some specific movements that will accelerate your progress in learning those movements. Yes. So 
like for a push-up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a really good one. And you know, just to bring attention to it as well, we have an article on transitions, and I shot a video on that. So uh, go back and also look at that and read the the article. But looking at the push-up, a lot of people are just so focused on doing as many push-ups as they can that they kind of blow through the movement. But if you can. Uh, focus on the lowering. When you're lowering yourself towards the floor, focus on slowing that down. That's a transition. So going from the top position to the bottom position, focus on getting really good at that in-between movement, slowing it down. It's going to force you to focus on the form. It's also going to help to strengthen you. So by focusing there on that transition, it's actually strengthening you. It's going to allow you to do more push-ups if that's your end goal. So it's not just a matter of, you know, just focus on a transition. You, there's a lot of different parts going on there, but by focusing on that, it is going to help. Already mentioned the muscle up. The muscle up, if you're having trouble with the muscle up, pretty much guarantee it's probably your your transition. And so that's what you need to focus on. And so, again, this doesn't need to be a difficult thing. A lot of people think that it might be a strength issue when, in fact, it might be a technique or form issue that's going on so by focusing on that transition that's going to help you get it um another thing too a jump everybody thinks they can jump but the thing is if you can focus on the hip recruitment so not just the beginning like loading the legs and then jumping and not just the landing but in between when you're in the air what's going on with your body what kind of form are you using what's going on with your arms are you using them swinging them up towards the sky um, throwing your hips forward in order to improve that hip recruitment. Uh, other thing too, I mean, you know, if we're looking at throwing people, you mentioned the martial arts, we can talk about throws, you know, judo throws is a great example of that. Yeah. You have a person that is resisting you. And so, you know, in practice, you might have these beautiful movements, but when you're under load in terms of having someone add resistance to that, that's really going to let you know if you have that transition down or not. And so, you know, judo throw or even in taito, uh, it could even be, I know, a punch or a kick or something. If someone blocks it, um, are you able to literally like transition from that and move into the next movement smoothly? So, yeah. One of the things I think is super neat about judo is that, you know, when somebody watches a judo match, you know, we look at the actual throws themselves as being the main component. But when you go and watch a judo practice, you'll see that, a lot of the time is spent on the setup of the throw, yeah, not the throws absolutely, themselves. Absolutely. But, you know, grabbing a person and moving into position for that, which mm -hmm. I think is another great example of yeah, that, and transitioning that's that transition. That. Yeah, that's a great example because if you don't have that set up right, then you're not going to be able to throw that person. It's just how it is. It's physics, right? So, right. Yeah. So, you know, how these things really improve your your progress, how they improve your technique and make you stronger. You know, there's a lot of different things going on, but one of them is that you're just, you're focusing on slowing things down. You're focusing on controlling your body, being aware of yourself, yeah. being in control. And what this does is this, you know, brings a lot more of your central nervous system kind of activity yeah. to this. You know, you're going to recruit more muscle fibers. You're going to be grooving those neural pathways that are responsible for sort of the, the movement mental blueprint of the right mm -hmm. way to move rather than the sloppy, accidental, wrong way to do the move that might get you hurt. Um, and these things make you more efficient at that movement. And what that means is that you can do it with less energy. You can do it faster. You can do it in more situations, right? Yeah. And as you do this, you kind of declunkify these skills. 
able to do them faster, stronger, better. You can do them with less preparation. You can do them under worse conditions. You can mm -hmm. do them when you're stressed. This yeah. is what comes from not just saying, I can bang out 50 push-ups. Right. Really slowing the push-up down, really feeling every bit of that push-up and knowing what each component of it is supposed to be like. And you know, push-up maybe not the best example for this, but you know, if it's a martial arts throw or if it's a technical movement in uh, bouldering mm -hmm. or uh, mountain biking, mm -hmm. rollerblading, or any activity, you know, any technical movement that's in a sport or in an environment where you are being challenged, well, being able to have mastery of those movements so that you can do them when things aren't exactly right. Exactly. And that's the important thing. When shit hits the fan, are you able to actually do it? And the other thing too is, is the injury component of this in that typically the transition is where people get injured. And so by really focusing on being able to perform that transition as smoothly as possible with confidence, it's going to allow you to not only be able to just do the thing, but also do it without that fear of the injury. Uh, right. And I just want to say, you know, on injuries too, you know, you might be listening to this and saying, well, I don't climb mountains or ride bikes on them or fight people. All I do is go to work, go to the gym and work out. So I don't really need to worry about injuries. Well, son, you are fooling yourself because we get about, you know, 50 emails a day from people that hurt themselves working out. Yeah. And it's exactly what we're talking about. Even if your sport is going to the gym and doing, you know, you know, three sets of eight or whatever, it doesn't really matter. You are not immune from injury just because you're doing exercises and not yeah. sports. So yeah. this still, these transitional parts of every exercise you do, if you're deadlifting, you know, what do you do at the bottom? How do you make that transition? What do you do at the top? How do you make that transition? You know, how do you pick up the bar? These yeah. are all transitional movements too. So how do you put the weights away. Yeah, it's not, yeah, putting the weights away, right? <laughs> Racking your weights. It's yeah. not just limited to, to movement or whatever. All of these things are important. Um, you know, it's, it's also like one of those platitudes that I think everybody that calls themselves a, a mover on Instagram now has like a photo quote of themselves saying. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of true, this idea that how you do anything is how you do everything. There's exceptions. I don't completely agree with that all the time. But the thing is, is that you do live in a body that happens to be positioned in, you know, a physical environment. So you need mastering the way your body moves in that environment and the way it moves from one part of the environment to another, the way it transitions from one thing to another is going to materially increase your quality of life. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about here. That's why we harp on this. And that's why we teach these things. And that's why we talk about moving with quality and yeah. learning to slow things down and to build control and to build more range of motion than you need. Absolutely. So that you have mm -hmm. extra so that, you know, you can be better at stuff that you don't anticipate and also just have more, more margin around the things you can comfortably and safely do. So let's move on and talk about how to find these transitions, how to build efficient uh, transitions between different kinds of movements, how to practice this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one major thing is, is to look at the movement for what's going on rather than thinking how you, how it might should be or what you think it should be. And so we all know what a push-up is, but again, keep coming back to the push-up. Maybe I should find a different example, but, but basically we all know what a push-up is, 
But when you're doing it, are you really paying attention to what's going on? And so that's, that's the main thing is paying attention and bringing awareness into those in between movements. And again, like, you know, like you said, Andy, it's looking at being able to apply this to everything in life. And sometimes we're just on autopilot so much that we're not aware of what's going on. And so the first thing then is stop looking at things and assuming things. So really become aware of what's going uh, on when you're doing this and bringing mindfulness into it. And, uh, you know, you've said this before, I probably heard you say it is, what is it? If you bring your mindfulness into the mix, it'll make you 543% more enlightened. Right. So that's scientific, scientific, right? Yeah. And so like, so maybe let's talk about the squat too, because like the squat is like super primal. So like we all know that squat is important, but this is another thing where people uh, assume that the right squat has to look like someone else's right squat. Right. right, Uh, And they spend a lot more time looking at the squat. And then, you know, if anybody dares post a picture or video of their squat on the internet, you're going to get 500 people telling you you're doing it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Four of them have biomechanist in their Twitter handles. Um, yeah, but the squat thing is, is great. Squat's great. And the thing is, too, you know, and, and I bring this up in seminars and I was asked, you know, I like to bring people in front of the room and I have, you know, three people and they show us the squat and I say, which one is correct? And, you know, the answer is all of them because, you know, it's all where we are. But the other thing about the squat is I'm looking at not just being able to do a squat while loaded, but I want to be able to get in and out of the squat from any position. And so the squat to me is not simply just dropping your butt between your feet. You know, there's these different variations of the squat. And you talked about this earlier, but it's for those old, oh shit, okay, this moment occurred. Am I able to be comfortable in that? And have I worked on those transitions, getting in and out of the squat or moving around in my squat so that I'm able to use that for the other other stuff that I want to do. So if you are, of course, loading up a bar with weight, you know, there is a particular form of your squat that you should focus on. That's going to allow you to be safe in that, but you know, get good at that, but also get good at the other ways of doing squats. It's going to allow you to be able to do it in any way, any direction, twisting, turning. Yeah, man. Backflip is just a fancy squat. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, sorry. So, you know, let's, let's look at then, you know, and we can take squatting or we can take anything else uh, as an example here, but let's look at maybe the first way that really helps you to sort of find these transitions and smooth them mm-hmm. out is to take, take a movement and to take it piece by piece. And what that means is, you know, to break it into like maybe beginning, middle and end right. or, you know, whatever. And to, to take, take those pieces and then, isolate them like mm-hmm. isolate the beginning of how you drop into a squat oh, yeah yeah what yeah. do you do do you start by sticking your butt out by loosening your knees do you lift your heels up do you drop your head do you mm-hmm. do something with your shoulders bend your back because i've seen people start squats all those ways and more absolutely yeah and that's the thing i think the other thing too that you need to think about is what is the goal what you're after and so that's a, that's a huge thing and that's a that also comes back to awareness right because are you really aware of why and how you want to use this squat. And so, again, this is where we have these keyboard coaches coming on and everybody having their opinion about how something should look. And, you know, 
focus on what you need. Okay. So in the beginning of the squat, if you are doing the squat for a particular sport or something, okay, well then work on the kind of squat that's going to help you for that particular squat and that position. And so that's the very beginning of that. So the middle portion would be actually going from standing to dropping, or it could be literally in the middle and having to pause and maybe um, for this particular squat, let's say like that you need to actually uh, turn a little bit in that squat. So you have a twist in there. And so that could be that middle component and you could just focus on that middle component. The, the end component could be the bottom of the squat or could actually be standing back up. So let's say that you squat down straight, not twisting. That is the first part of it. In the bottom position, you have to twist. So that's a middle component that you can work on. And as you go back to the top, you're twisting out of it. So that's the end. That's the finished part of it. So again, many different ways that you can look at that performing it, but it comes, it all comes down to what do you need and why are you doing this? Yeah, absolutely. And knowing that lets you sort of choose what you need to focus on. And so, and even within any movement, there's all kinds of different ways to think about it. Like a push up, you know, you go down and you go back up. It seems really, really simple, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of ways that you could think about that. You could, you could emphasize the pushing part as you raise yeah. up yeah. or you could think of even lowering down as pushing less, or you could think about as almost pulling the floor, floor towards you. Yes. Uh, yes. Think of it Reframe. that way to yeah. act, activate different muscles. You're going to have yeah. a different emphasis in your body, yeah. uh, lifting versus sinking your body, shifting yes. your weight versus sort of falling into a squat yeah, or, you know, there's all kinds of different ways. And I it's mean, the I reframe, think, reframe okay. for what you need, you know, pull yeah. ups, another good thing too. And like if a person is doing a pull up, I don't like to say pull up. I say, pull your elbows down. Yeah. And so that reframe changes the whole thing. So, yeah. I think good coaches and, and teachers and in different sort of movement disciplines, martial arts, dance or whatever, uh, all have their own ways of picking out the right way to tell a student at the right time what they need to focus yeah. on. Uh, and this is the benefit of working with a coach is they can look at you and say, yeah, I want you to you know think of this instead of what you're doing. And you'll be like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> you might think that the answer to life, the universe, and everything is that one particular cue and you'll go mm. through your life parroting that. Uh, and that's that's actually not the, the gift of the coach is to know that you should pull your elbows down. The gift of the coach is to know to tell you that versus something else. Yeah, at that particular time, right. Yeah. Uh, and so you might not have the benefit of working with a coach like this, but this is why we try to tell you to, to experiment with different things. This is why we have play in the GMB method is one of our yeah. central things is to play with different ways to do it. And this is part of most of our programs. Uh, is being able to do this. And we've written a lot about it. Just go to our website and search for it. Learning to play with things is how you find all of this stuff when you don't have the benefit of a coach telling you the right, the next thing to do, the next mm-hmm. thing to think about. You play with these things and you find one and you feel something and you're like, oh, that was a little different. That was interesting. Yes. I'm going to start maybe emphasizing this the next few times I practice this. And that and a lot of people too, though, they don't even, you know, I hear some people say, well, I don't know how to play. Okay. Right. Well, great. Well, you know, we just told just, you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just told you that. You know, just slow it down. Just take yeah. one movement, slow it down and see what happens 
while you're doing it. That's right. really what it comes down to. Is yeah. And so that. one of them is to take it, you know, piece by piece of movement, like we just talked about, slow it down and take it piece by piece of the movement. The other one is you can take it part by part of your body. Yes. Yes. It's something good. that, you know, is really obvious when you're talking about like a bear crawl or a monkey walk or a crab walk mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, you yeah. can take each limb's movement one at a time. Yeah, you know, good. really think about, you know, lifting the right hand, placing it down. Yep. How does it move? Do you pick it up high? Do you slide it along the floor? What's the trajectory? Do you go in the most efficient path? Do you go in a long path just to give yourself a bit of a challenge? Do you shift your weight while you do it? Do you move only that part of your body or do you move the rest of your body with it? So many things. And then you do the next one. So you can go part by part uh, and you know, work on things that way and then put the movement back together. That's another way to do it aside from just piece by piece of the movement itself. Right. Right. Yeah. There's, there's just so many different things you can do here and, and uh, you can look at direction. You can look at, you know, tempo, you can look Mm -hmm. at everything that's going on. Yep. Add speed, remove speed, add power, remove power, add distance, remove power, add an angle, remove an angle, twists, uh, amplitude of all kinds of different sorts, right? All of these things you can manipulate and change and play, play with it, change it up. And these are all things that are going to be ways that you can play with the movements. And this is the thing, play with the movement, slow it down, pick it apart, put it back together. And this is how you find those transitions and work yes. on them and make them smooth so that you can master these build a more efficient sort of mental map, neural map of this movement so that you can access it more times, more ways with less energy and less time. It makes you better at everything in life. This is why I am better than you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't actually believe that, but this is, this is, this is the thing. It, It makes you good at things. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't look like a fitness model because I don't really work out very much, but don't fitness? the on. thing is I have not tripped in recent memory. I have not <laughs> fallen in. Well, the last time I fallen was in a martial, I fell, falled. I have, fall. a, I have a six year old daughter. I've been listening to her. <laughs> last time I fell was in a martial arts tournament in 2009. You know, I think I'm doing pretty good in terms of like, not like being clumsy or getting hurt. So like, this is what this means when you are able to move, you know, have transitional movements, be in control of your body, have good balance, have good agility, then it allows you to move through life with confidence safely uh, and to be pretty relaxed about things because you don't have to worry about bracing your body against the environment and against the activities you want to be involved in. You can relax, enjoy them and, you know, just breathe. Go with the flow. Breathe. Breathe in the universe and breathe out your anger. Oh, All right, next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about, very briefly, about some of the ways we've built this into some of our programs and <laughs> sort of where, where, why we focus on this so much. Because this really comes down to the, the reason this is so, so big in, you know, say – like most like P90X or, or mm. the calisthenics community, nothing against it. Cause some of those guys are freaking ridiculous athletes. Oh, yeah. So we're not saying anything is bad, but how is this different in the, why we emphasize transitions so much more than almost anyone out there? 
Yeah, and, and it comes back to everything that we've been talking about is looking at life. And so we're not training to be able to fitness more. We're training to be able to do the stuff in our life more efficiently, have fun with it, being able to do it, you know, looking at the long term in terms of longevity and being able to do this. And so that's really what we're focused on. Yeah, you know, getting really strong and everything is important. And it's good. But the thing is, is how do you move? That's the most important thing that we're after. And do you have that confidence for it? So that's why in our programs, it was our main concern. So we're looking at strength. We're looking at flexibility. We're looking at that motor control. So when we're talking about that motor control, it's, it's really focusing on that movement. And so, um, you know, looking at our backgrounds and where this kind of comes from, you know, my gymnastic background, um, you know, you, Jarlo, myself, our martial art background, as well as learning and, and exploring and, and really being interested in knowing more about how things work. And so yeah, I'm learning. So much more stuff, you know, like, I mean, like you and Jarlo both did lots of yoga practice. Yes. Uh, among other things, you know, uh, and also like music. Yes. Music is a great one. Music, yeah. like yeah. getting into improvisational music when I was young, really, really shaped me. It's, it's like that, uh, like Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, right? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. what makes it. That's what yeah. makes it. Um, you know, any musicians out there, if you're into jazz, you know, like giant steps, the Coltrane changes. Yeah. The reason that they're like landmark in, in the history of music is that it, those transitions through the entire cycle of fifths are what makes that work. And, you know, listen, listen to music. I mean, if, if you don't know a whole lot about music, it's fine. You don't need to, but you can hear, um, uh, Adele has some wonderful songs where mm. there's right at that, that, that point of like the highest, like emotional pitch, there'll be a key change. Right. And it just takes, you think you're right at the edge, right at the peak. And it takes you further. Yeah. Right? Oh, damn. And you're like, yeah. Oh, like yeah. you feel it in your body, right? Transitions yeah. changes yeah. Yes. are what makes life, man. So uh, yeah, language too. I want to jump in here and, and mm -hmm. also mention language. I mean, both, you know, you and I, we speak Japanese and, um, it's, you can, you can understand particular words, but it's being able to transition throughout the, you know, the, uh, being able to communicate basically, which I'm not doing a good job of right now, of uh, being able to transition from what that person is saying and communicate what you want to say that's that's i love that as well and that's another thing about language that i absolutely love it's also why i like dialects mm -hmm. um you know in japan there's so many different dialects and i've always loved learning and you know why it's said that particular way and where it comes from and so that's a, another example of transitions and how they're important in life definitely um and so these are the things that sort of led us to focus on this in gmb is because we this is our background and we really noticed that these in-between things just made a whole hell of a lot of difference. So we wanted, when we started making programs and when we started really nailing down what the GMP method is, we wanted to make transitional movement really, really central to it. So uh, even, even when we haven't called it out necessarily as such, it's been a big part of everything we've done. Um, so let's kind of wrap up a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of the movements that we do sometimes, it might be really easy to look at them and say, oh, it looks a lot like my BJJ warm-up or yoga. 
And that's absolutely true because, yep. you know, there's reasons that these same movements are used for BJJ warmups and yoga. It's because they're good and they work. But the difference is that a warmup is for getting you ready. When yeah. you do your BJJ warm-up, you're not actually focusing on how you shift from one movement to another, are you? You're not focusing on getting better and more efficient at those movements. You're focusing on getting ready for the training ahead. Right. You know, and, and yoga includes a lot of things, but not all yoga includes all things all the time. So it's not always about transitions. And so what we're doing is we're building something that is almost always about this control aspect, almost yeah. always about building uh, you know, physical autonomy to us is about having this relationship with knowing what your body is capable of and being able to be in control of that. Mm -hmm. So that's the real difference, you know, and, you know, spending time focusing on these things, it's kind of like your post-grad studies. It's not necessary to get through life. You don't need to go to graduate school to be, to be able to have a good career, but, uh, you know, investing in that depth of practice and awareness is going to, it's going to take you further with a lot of things. And it's going to make you better than somebody who dropped out after a handful of survey classes at doing this stuff, right? And I'm, this is just my elitist side. But, you know, I, it, there's, you know, even, even, and not, it's not about going to college, you know, like in, in any trade, you know, my father was a master plumber for, you know, 50 years. And he didn't have any advanced education, but like, you know, he could do all kinds of advanced math in his head that like blew my mind. And it's because he knew all of these things and was able to make things work that people without that experience had. And this is focusing on the, uh, focusing on this stuff, these transitions is what makes you better at whatever field of study, whatever interest you have. Yeah, oh. and continue on that. Yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, so slow shit down. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. That's where it is. It's slowing it down and being aware and being aware of what's going on. Really, that's all it comes down to. Um, the thing of it is, uh, I always like to say, you know, make it, make it pretty, make it beautiful. And the way to do that is to have that awareness. And here's something we can finish up with. This is a little, little bonus I don't want to say tip, but something that you can focus on. And that is simply during the day, you don't need to do this with everything because it'll pretty much like take forever if you were to do this. But throughout the day, just pick one thing that you do on a daily basis that you don't usually bring a whole lot of awareness to. Uh, it could be how you get up out of your chair uh, after you're done working on the computer. Okay. Hmm. Focus do it first just do it and then do it again but do it with awareness and really feel what's going on and so hopefully by just doing that once it'll bring awareness the next time that you do it as well and so uh just choose that one thing see what's going on try it bring awareness in there slow it down and see what's really where do you feel it you, you know might feel it more in your legs or your lower back or something or whatever i don't even know but the thing is it's bringing that awareness is going to help you to be able to make it better the next time that you do it. Yes, absolutely. Just awareness. Awareness is really it. That's, that's everything. <laughs> it's everything. All right. Hey, we'll finish it up there. Thanks for listening. And, uh, laters. <laughs>